Hey, I'm Lay. And I'm Alex. And this is Mommy Glasses. Where we talk all things real, raw, and unplugged. Letting all moms know you're not alone out there. Hello, hello. We are back on Mommy Glasses Season 3. This is super exciting. We took a few weeks off at the end of summer. By the way, this is Alex. And I'm Lay. Hi, how are you guys doing? It has been a minute, but we are excited to bring season three. It is currently October and fall uh, on the East Coast of America right now, but we found out after looking at our data, we have listeners in Canada, the UK, Australia, and I want to say even a country in Africa. Yes, we do. So that is super, super exciting. Um, we appreciate all of you listening. We would love to hear your feedback anytime we post on IG um, or on Apple Podcasts. But really, the community and the conversations are at Instagram stories and feeds. So if you follow us, we are mommyglasses underscore. And you can find all of our pictures, our kids, our live videos, our rants. Um, just my rants, yeah, and just the fun things we're we're doing around town, or the not so fun things that our kids do every day. Like this morning, my child dumped all of his marshmallows and all of his Fruit Loops all over the couch. What? That was his breakfast on the way to school. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Like he dumped it on the couch. <laughs> yeah, he enjoys doing everything upside down, inside out, and backwards. So. To eat it normal would just not be the case. It wouldn't make sense, right? Not at all. Which, as I drink my pink lemonade, um, which is our topic today, back to school and routines, because I feel like coming out of summer, a lot of parents and moms are like, oh my God, I can't wait for our kids to get back in school, and we're going to have freedom, there's going to be routine, this is going to be great structure. And that's just not the case sometimes. And I can say, although this year is much calmer than last year, we still have our hiccups and our mishaps and our crazy times. So I am happy to get into all of it. What about you? I think that there's a huge misconception when it comes to uh, the kids going back to school because, yeah, it's like it's publicly made that like you know oh the kids go back to school parents get to vacation you get this whole rest period of time when they're at school but I feel like it's just as stressful and it's just as hectic as in the summer at least in the summer with in some cases you might get the kids to sleep in a little bit because I find that to be like the same for me like when the kids are out of school I might get an extra hour of sleep yep. But while they're in school, you know, I'm getting up early in the morning. You're doing lunches at night. You're getting clothes out, getting them ready in the morning. And I don't know about your kids, but my kids, especially the oldest, they move super slow. Oh, yeah. And, like, last year I got a letter about them being late. Now, they weren't, like, late, late, but it'd be, like, five minutes. But they were like, oh, you know, it's 14 days and they're late. And I'm like, what makes it worse is we're right down the street. Like, it's a... That's walk. probably why, because you're like, oh, we can just leave in the last ten minutes, and that's and we'll us. Be good, we do the same it's, thing. It's not okay, and I think that's part of like our problem. You know, thinking that you know you have that extra time, but you don't. 
the only thing I don't have to worry about is feeding them in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to feed them breakfast? No. Their school actually offers breakfast. Same. Um, my girls are bougie, so a lot of the times they prefer breakfast at home. Yeah. Like Willow likes to make um, eggs in the morning, and she can do it on her own. Oh, wow. So because she can do that, I kind of let her, you know, like that's the one thing you know how to cook. Of course, once you first start cooking and you get excited about something, you want to make it all the time. So she makes herself breakfast in the morning, and every now and then, like, I have easy things for them to make. Like, we have a toaster oven, so... There are waffles in the freezer, so she'll pop in some waffles because, you know, Dylan's allergic to eggs. Yeah. So she'll pop in waffles for her sister. She'll make herself some eggs, and they actually prefer to eat at home. So I don't – but if they are running late, I don't feel as bad because I'm like, okay, well, you don't have time to make breakfast. As long as you make to school on time, you can get breakfast at school. That's true, yeah. And it's not something you have to be like, oh, well, you know, we need – we need uh, breakfast money or yeah no I think it's great that they a lot of schools just offer it and you don't have to pay for it it's Mm -hmm. for the entire class regardless of whatever your socioeconomic status is and I think that's awesome and Capri's preferring to eat breakfast in the class this year which is something that's off my plate and that's great again she just has to make it in time for breakfast before class starts that's the hard part it is. And a lot of teachers in schools are like, oh, getting to school shouldn't be that hard on time. And I'm like, do you have, do you, have do you know what goes on in the morning? I don't care how early I get up. I don't care how ahead of schedule we are. Something erupts and throws us off. And Capri is slow. And then I feel like I'm rushing her. And it just it just is like a snowball effect, which I hate because I want her to get to school calm and happy not frustrated and angry. Um, I'm doing my best, but it's just not every day. And this week alone, she has been angry for reasons I never saw coming. Like, her friend is older than her. And I'm like, I can't – I don't even know how to help you with that problem. I really don't, other than I have no control how – or when moms got pregnant and when the babies were delivered. I think that that's really funny, though, that, like, she was upset about that. Was that the little girl downstairs? No, it was um, a new friend we made in a building next door. Oh, so it was a new friend, and she was upset that that new friend just happens, which is really going to be rare for her because I'm a February baby, too. Not many kids are going to be that much older than her unless they are born in January. Right. I mean, there's October, November, December, January, but... Mostly I feel like a lot of the class kids, yeah. is not. Like, right. I think there was probably, for me growing up, there's probably a handful of people that were older than me. Yeah, I was actually at the end of, everybody was older than me because I'm a June baby. Yeah, see, so yeah, I was older than everybody. I was smaller than everyone, but I was older than everybody. So, it's not going to be a problem that she's going to have for long. No, but change. she always thinks she has to be the biggest, strongest, tallest, fastest, oldest, and... We are trying to get through these concepts together. So I was really proud of her the other morning because I told her this was out of our control. You can choose to be happy and move on or you can choose to be mad. And she was mad walking up the steps of the school, but then I assumed she got it together for the rest of the day because I asked her and she said it was fine. And then I praised her for it later. Like when I picked her up from school, I said I was really proud of you for being flexible this morning and you know, you really chose to be happy when you could be mad. So... 
all those social-emotional learning concepts concepts I'm trying to teach, and it's just not easy because what I want to say is, girl, get your shit together and freaking keep it moving. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> but I am trying to... She's just a little moody, that's all. Oh, extra moody. She's a Pisces, and so she feels everything. That's okay. I feel you, Capri. It'll be for the rest of my life. So where Capri and I are eight days apart, nine days apart? Yeah. Well, Capri and my mom share the same birthday. But as a kid, I never looked at my mom like she was moody. Like, I feel like she always kept together. Which is great from a kid's perspective. Your mom was also an adult at that point and knew how to keep her emotions in check. Now now that I'm older and I know my mother on a different level, I'm like, yeah, girl, you're moody. You got some emotions. I mean, everybody does, and we're all working through it, so it is what it is. But Colby, he is a wild child who has been going to school, but I've been keeping him home a lot more now. Because in the city, you have to be three for free school, and he doesn't turn three until December. So technically, he can't go to school until next year. Um, And so I've been trying to come up with a routine for him because that kid is just wild, and keeping him in a high-rise apartment all day is not the key. And I don't want to. Like, I don't want to do that. So. So what do you do with him? Because I'm constantly trying to find stuff to do with... Callie, because I feel bad keeping her cooped up in the house Yeah, most of the time. We've been getting into a routine where we drop Capri off. So Capri's in school by 8.40 every morning, and then I take him to a playground somewhere in the city. Um, and I am not like your typical city parent and walk. I drive my ass everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most people walk because you typically have to pay for parking in D.C., you do, but the, I mean, also though, everything's in your neighborhood. So some days, if I'm really feeling into it and energetic, I will walk to school, and then from there, I will walk to a playground, and that will eat up a few hours in exercise. So it's beneficial. But on the days that we're running late, or the days I'm just not feeling it, mm-hmm. I drive to school, and then I drive to a playground. Um, there's a few good playgrounds on the east side that we rotate, but like today. I took him to a playground, and he was bored. (laughs) And then he told me he was bored. So we came home, and I made a hot breakfast. Like, I actually cooked breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then I looked up an indoor playground, and we drove out to Virginia um, and paid to play. I paid 15 bucks, which wasn't bad. It's an all-day pass. But, um... I don't know. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure it out as I go. And then I really try to get him home to nap by 11:30. And while he naps for 2 or 3 hours, I can get work done or clean the house. And then when he wakes up, it's time to uh to pick up Capri. That's a lot. It's a lot. I never I'm never sitting and resting ever. Like I have to map out my time from playing with him to checking up on my emails and running a business to trying to do things around the house and then right back to, to taking care of kids again. It's, it's crazy. I, I think the way I saw things when I decided to stay home, because I decided to stay home when I got pregnant with Callie just because childcare was ridiculous. It's so expensive. It is. 
and you think that, you know, oh, I'll have this extra time to do X, Y, Z. I'll have this extra time, especially when you're trying to start a business and you're trying to, you know, eventually work for yourself. You're thinking that, you know, like you come home and, you know, the, while the kids are in school, I can work on this. I can work on that. I can work on this. But then when you have a toddler at home, it's like, it's literally like a full time job. Like you just, you're not just sitting there chilling and I, I don't know if you feel this way, but like a lot of the times I feel like if I'm not moving, then I'm not doing enough. Like if I'm not, if I actually get to take a nap, in because I don't, I tell myself every day like, okay, you, you could probably squeeze in a nap around this time, but it never happens. But if I was going to take a nap, like if I am sleeping, am I doing my job as a mom? Like, am I being lazy? Um, no. Because I'm tired? Nope. I don't feel guilty about taking naps at all. Not one piece of fiber in my body is guilty about napping at all. I need them to function. I learned that at an early age. I need a lot of sleep. And if I don't have sleep, I have to substitute with caffeine. And if I don't substitute with caffeine, I have to substitute with sugar. Like I I have such high energy that my body has to keep up with Like, it has to have an input of something. So it's either the input of sleep to rest and recharge or the input of sugar or the input of caffeine. But I cannot just do a normal day of running a business, being a mom, cleaning the house, running errands, going out and doing things without a nap, sleep, or sugar. There's no way. I think, like, you know when you see, like, the old school, um, like, the 1950s type shows and like the mom is in like a full dress with heels and makeup has dinner prepared by 5 p.m and you know she's got kids running around but everybody is like you know put together and she looks great she doesn't look tired I'm always like how that can't it's not real be how it really was back mm. then like I mean granted we wouldn't know because we weren't there but around that time it could not have been like that for real like there's no way but it was different like so if from what I was told and what I'm here, what I hear, because like my mom or my grandmother or something, their job literally <clears throat> was to bear children, to have them fed and dressed and off to school. And then their job was to clean the house, do the laundry, do everything and look good for their husband or themselves, whatever, be ready for whatever they had to do. Then the kids would come home and literally run the streets. Like you could go and play outside until dinner was ready. So to have a toddler on your leg, I'm sure they had babies on their hips and all this stuff, but, like, you could go out and play outside under the street lamps until forever. Right. Or they could go and sit and play with their toys wherever. But that's just not the case in today's society. The demands of today's moms are incredibly high, in my in my opinion. Yes. You have to do it all, essentially. And nobody humanly possible can do it all and do it perfect. There's no way, it, unless you want to die and have a breakdown or jump off a bridge. And that's what we're pushing our, our moms to be. And, to, and society is like, you should look good. You should feel good. Your kids should look good, feel good. Your husband should look good and feel good. And guess what? It's all your job. And you should be out working. And yep. you should be a team player. And your kids should be in soccer, dance. And you should be able to just do it all, all the time. And I think that... That, that portrayal of, you know, the mom in today's society is completely...
completely ridiculous and it's almost impossible. I think that's what is driving so many women like, you know, to drink or people to suicide because honestly, it's it's more draining than even I anticipated. Of course, as a kid growing up, I've always wanted to be a mom. Like that was I was one of those girls. Like I used to play mom. My dolls always had a bunch of kids. Like <laughs> your dolls I, had yeah, kids. My dolls had kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I I had little I had three little imaginary children that used to follow me around. That's hilarious. <laughs> I had names for them. Of course I had a boy. I didn't get a boy in real life, but You might I had a boy. I had a older girl, a boy, and then a girl. Like that was my dream children. They used to follow me to school and they used to come with me everywhere. Like these were my imaginary children. So I've always wanted to be a mom. <laughs> but I feel like once I got put into that position when with the first one it was cool like it was definitely an adjustment because you know that's your first child so you're you're learning everything but I didn't realize how hard it was until I actually stayed home with them oh my gosh it's so hard to be home with them I almost think it's harder than a working mom who goes out into like an office or somewhere else oh 100% yeah because I feel like you you're home with your especially like when you have a baby and then like you go back six weeks or eight weeks you're not really with that baby the person that is watching your children during the day, that's who's with those babies all day long. And I'm like, you know, I would have my kids, I would hand them off to someone and I would go work. And then I would come back, you know, put them to bed and then do it all over again the next day. And But I think there's guilt. I think there's, I think regardless there's mom guilt, but I know for like the moms that go to the office, they're like, I'm guilty, I'm working here with other people and someone else is, I'm paying someone else to watch my child. Then the moms that are home, they're like, oh my gosh, I just need an adult conversation. And if I take a nap, I have guilt. Like the mom guilt's real. It doesn't matter what environment, where you are, how old you are, whatever. And I'm learning to not give a fuck. Like I'm learning to reduce it because my mom guilt was so high in so many areas. And I was like, this is ridiculous. My kids really don't care that much. So why do I care that much? As long as my kids are happy and healthy and functional. (laughs) I'm going to give less fucks. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. I am. Giving less fucks. Yep. Truthfully, like if my kids want to jump on the freaking couch with a lollipop, fuck it. I think a lot of the moms in today's society have learned, well, at least the ones that I have spoken to, like I don't judge anybody else's way of parenting. Right. Just because it is that intense of a situation or a job to have to be a mom that you can't just judge somebody else's process. Like, if her process is to let them rip and run, then let the children rip and run. If that's how this mom processes stuff, if that's how she works everything, I feel like everybody has their way of doing things with their children. And honestly, especially if you have kids of your own, I ain't got time to be worried about what you're doing with your kids, as long as your kids are not in danger. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you're not like, oh, I'm cool with them playing by the balcony and hanging over yeah no at that point it's like okay time out someone needs to step in yeah when safety is a concern I mean obviously jumping on a couch with a lollipop is a safety concern but it's a it's something that's not you're not gonna die obviously if you fall and it goes on your throat I'm gonna be fucking pissed Mm -hmm. and that's why I have that anxiety like I am mad when something happens because I'm like we could have prevented this if you just listened when I said sit down that would have been great but like I'm not crazy about it now before, I would have gotten really angry and yelled and made a scene about it. But now I'm, like, trying to talk nicer and calmer. And I know he's going to stop jumping in, like, three more jumps anyway. 
You said three But I will say we were on a walk around our block a few weeks ago and Kobe and Capri were in the wagon. They were playing with something. I don't even remember what it was. Marshmallows. We, I just got to get rid of the freaking marshmallows. But it was a marshmallow or a Tic Tac or something. And all of a sudden, Chris and I are walking and talking. The kids are in the wagon behind us. And Colby says, I can't breathe. I'm like, you're talking and saying you can't breathe. Like, clearly you're breathing. There's nothing in your mouth. You're not crying. And then he was like, my nose. And I was like, motherfucker, what did you put up your nose? And sure enough, up inside, right by the bone in the bridge, there it was, whatever it was, probably a piece of a marshmallow or something. And I started freaking out on the inside. I was like, oh, my Jesus Christ, we got to go to the hospital, and he's got to get this removed out of his, like, nasal cavity. And instead, I remained calm. And I was like, just blow out, just really hard, like you were blowing bubbles underwater, blow out. And sure enough, it popped out. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Oh my good God. And then I wanted to yell at him. I wanted to be like, why did you do that? But that is not how we should be managing these situations. So instead, I gave him a hug. I said, please don't do that again. I don't want you to go through that. And he was calm. He didn't cry. And he said, okay, mommy. Because I know he was scared. Like, everybody was scared for a hot second. And of Chris course. wanted to flip his lid, too. But Especially when they say things like, I can't breathe. Right. And then you see it lodged in the top of their nasal cavity. Dylan um, did that with a Lego. Yeah. She, she stuck a, you know Moana? Yeah. You know the, um, that little stone that comes in Maui's Yeah, this heart of Tafiti or something. Yeah, they had some late. I don't know whose idea was it to buy a, I think she was four at the time, a four-year-old, uh, those little tiny, tiny pieces. But it was small enough to get rammed up her nose. So, of course, initially looking at it, it just looked like a booger because it was green. And she was like, I have a jewel at my nose. Oh my and I was gosh. like, a jewel? So I'm I'm looking and I'm, I, you see it, it's like lodged up there. So you see it and I'm like, that it just looks like a booger. It looks like you need to pick your nose. And she's like, I can't, it hurts my eye. Yeah. And I was like, so I, I took a flashlight and it wasn't until I took the flashlight that I realized it's not a booger that's uh, Maui stone yeah. <laughs> lodged up your nose and it's like this teeny tiny Lego piece and I think I it sounds really bad I popped the back of her head so that it would oh like, my like, god it, it popped out <laughs> like I'm like I'm not beating you you're not in trouble I'm just trying to get this out of your head oh my gosh so yeah I like popped her on the back of the head and it like popped out and it had like a little bit of blood and like oh, slime man. and stuff on it, but I was like, at least we got it out. I did think we were gonna have to go to the hospital to get it out because it well, was like up there. And my question, I was like, who put it up there? She was like, me. Yeah, and I was always. Like, Why? Yep. The, uh, I don't. I don't even know. But we actually had to take Capri to the hospital to get it removed from her nose a few years ago, and I had severe anxiety going on that year, so. She told me she put a candy wrapper up her nose. It was a. Um, it was an actual candy wrapper. Yeah, it was the wrapper to um, a tootsie roll. 
And I could see brown and white, whatever. She told me she stuck it up there. And I said, where is the wrapper? Where's the rest of it? And she said, I don't know. I ripped it and there were little pieces. And so I was like, oh, my God, it's up in your nasal cavity. So I took her to the emergency room. And only because she kept complaining. She mm-hmm. kept complaining. Like, I waited hours. I slept on it. Like, she just kept complaining. And I was like, well, I guess we got to go. So I took her. And it was a very traumatic experience. And... We will never – she learned her lesson. They they had to put a suction tube up her nose. Mm. They had to have four doctors. They had to have a special care nurse who brought in toys to calm her anxiety. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. And at the end of the day – I mean, it wasn't ridiculous in the fact that they were doing their job. It was ridiculous that my child stuck this freaking wrapper up her nose and we had to go through this. Yeah, so far up her nose that you have to go through that. So at the end of all of it, hours in the ER and traumatic experience, they never got a wrapper. So I'm not like, really, child, that rapper probably never even friggin' went up your goddamn nose. And that rapper is probably sound like, OMG, I don't know. But I say all this to say that I am starting to give less fucks because I need to be happier. And this all goes back to school routines and how getting back into the flow of things can actually be stressful instead of calm and um, happy. So we've gone on a rant per usual, how we always do, but it's always good stuff. So if you guys would tell us how your back-to-school sessions are going, your routines, your schedules, are they smooth, what's helping, or do you guys have a lot of ups and downs and it doesn't matter what you do, your kids still trigger because they're kids. Um, But hit us up on IG, let us know. We'd love to hear from you, and thank you to all of our followers who are in Canada, Australia, the UK, and Africa. Make sure that you share the link to the podcast so that others can also join in on the conversation and add any tips, tricks, or, you know, as this mom community grows, we can help each other out get through these difficult processes. For sure. And we have super exciting things coming this season and um, it's a great time because we're hitting the holidays so you know it's going to be a whole completely different world with happiness and all of a sudden chaos because no kid is ever happy with their toys or their Halloween (laughs) costumes or whatever and hopefully none of your kids stick candy wrappers up their nose this Halloween so or get upset when they say they want to make their costume and then they see Elsa or Anna somewhere else and now they're mad that they made their costume (laughs) Whatever makes them mad. (laughs) Friggin' the ice cream cone they wanted makes them mad. So whatever. But anyway, we're happy to have this community. We're happy to be back for season three. And we're looking forward to the journey ahead. So we're signing out. See you later. Adios. Bye-bye.